You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendias. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome to your Thursday episode here at the Locked On Rams pod. And for a Thursday, this one is going to be a little bit more intense than usual because unless you've been hiding under a rock, you've probably heard the Los Angeles Rams have executed a trade and completed a trade for a running back, which is funny because just yesterday on yesterday's episode, Brad and I were talking about it. Not only the Daryl Henderson injury, his thumb maybe is a bigger issue than we were led to believe, but not only that, we talked about you know, the Rams actually going out and adding a running back. We wanted that to happen as soon as possible. And lo and behold, one day later, they do that. So to plug you guys in, the Los Angeles Rams did execute a trade with the New England Patriots for running back Sony Michelle. Now, there's a lot of layers to this move, and we're going to dive into everything you need to know about this deal and what it means for the Rams, their running back room, their running game in this episode. We'll begin at the top. So the Rams initially sounded like they were going to trade a fifth and a sixth round pick for Sony Michelle, though that was going to go back to the Rams and turn into a fourth round compensatory pick when the NFL handed out those picks. But apparently they were not allowed to do that. So that trade was reverted, or at least the compensation was, and the teams worked out a deal, which is now going to go down as the Rams sending a 2022 sixth round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick in exchange for Michelle. So now the Rams are getting Michelle. They are getting their running back two, or maybe even their running back one, which we'll dive into in a second. And they are giving up two picks, a sixth and a fourth round pick in the future drafts, which isn't as bad as initially believed because for every future draft class, that round is devalued by one round. So for example, a fifth round pick in this draft is worth a fifth round pick, but a sixth round pick in the next draft is worth the same as a fifth round pick in this draft. So the Rams giving up a sixth in the next one is essentially like a seventh round pick in this draft and a fourth in 2023, which could be valued as a sixth rounder again in this draft, which technically means the Rams gave up a seventh and a sixth in terms of the value for this draft, which is not a lot of compensation, of course. So this is a former first round pick in Sony Michelle, a guy that did go to Georgia. And that is probably why the Rams did trade for him because their current running backs coach, Thomas Brown, coached Michelle at Georgia. So he obviously has a lot of familiarity with who he is as a player. What can he do well? Maybe some of the areas that he's not so great in. So the Rams have an in. They obviously know a little bit about this guy, at least from their running backs coach. And it's interesting because if you are starting to pick up on some trends here, a running back from Georgia somebody that has a bad knee or bad knees and arthritic knee and now is on the Rams, it almost sounds like they just went right after Todd Gurley again. I mean, the similarities are strikingly similar. They're creepy almost to some degree. The same kind of situation between these two guys, obviously different players, but both go to Georgia, both have arthritic knees, and now the Rams have had both guys. It's kind of funny. It's kind of weird, but it is what it is. The Rams noticed this guy was going to be on the block, which made a lot of sense. The Patriots have a lot of depth at running back, 
And the Rams basically, I guess, did not want to wait for the waiver wire when it came to all the cuts, which I think makes a little bit of sense because they were going to be a low priority on that waiver wire. So, for example, if the Denver Broncos did, in fact, cut a player like Royce Freeman, he was going to need to pass, I think, 25 or 26 teams before the Rams had a chance to pick his services up. And you can probably assume that not many good players are going to reach that low into the waiver priority, which kind of force the Rams hand here. And I think it makes a lot of sense to go and get your running back. Of course, like I said, Brad and I talked about this on yesterday's podcast, literally yesterday. And now one day later, they do go out and get their guy. I think this is good because now Michelle is going to have a lot of time to pick up the playbook, get used to his offensive line, how those guys block. Those guys are going to get used to how Michelle reads defenses, how he likes to bounce runs, where he likes to take these things. They still have a week or two or even three weeks, I guess, to gel with each other, practice with each other, start to understand each other's games. So that is ideal. But like I mentioned, this is a guy that's had a bad knee over the course of his NFL career. Personally, I did not think he was worthy of a first round pick coming out of Georgia. The Patriots obviously disagreed. They took him over his backfield mate, Nick Chubb, who is significantly better right now in the NFL. I mean, it's not even close. Nick Chubb is a top five running back and has the case to be made as the best running back in football versus Sony Michelle, who the Patriots just let walk because he was beat out for a roster spot by guys like Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor and James White, all these other guys, Damian Harris, none of which were first or second round picks. So not exactly a good sign. But the one thing that Michelle does have going for him is last season, 2020, was his most successful, at least in terms of the efficiency traits, averaged 5.7 yards per carry, which was a lot better than his 3.7 in 2019 and 4.5 as a rookie. But this is a guy that does have a bad knee. I have no idea how much of a workload he can handle. How long can this guy last into the season? He has his own concerns. He played in 13 games as a rookie, 16 in 2019, and only nine last year. And as we know, with the Todd Gurley experience, knees don't typically get better the more you age. And this guy is now 26 years old. He's entering the final year of his contract. And the more hits you take, the more that thing is going to flare up, the more it's going to hurt, the less effective you're going to be. But Luckily for the Rams, they're not trading for Sony Michelle to be their starting number one running back who's going to have 300 touches in a season. Of course, they still have Daryl Henderson there. But now the question is, how are they going to split this workload? Because at the end of the day, Adam Schefter, who's as plugged in as anybody in the NFL, has already come out and suggested that Sony Michelle is now in a place where he can thrive, which is obviously a good situation. But on top of that, he said Sony Michelle could very well be the lead back in this system and that he thinks he will be the lead back in this system. I don't know how confident he is in that opinion, if it's just sort of a opinion of his own or if it's sort of a report that's somewhat leaking out of the building. I'm not 100% sure. I still think Daryl Henderson is significantly more talented, so I would lean going with Henderson more often as an early down back, as a guy who's going to have the most usage at the end of the year. But now we're talking about a potential camp battle or legitimate battle for that number one running back position going into this season. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. And I think we could dive into that in the next segment as well as what this means for guys like Jake Funk, Xavier Jones. And not only that, but there is some more news. The Rams could potentially be trading one of their longest tenured players 
in punter Johnny Hecker, which we will discuss later on in this episode. So make sure to stick around for that. And of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find us at QB's MVP and at Locked On Rams. Welcome back to the second segment here of the Locked On Rams podcast. We've got plenty to discuss in this episode and in this segment. So we're going to dive right back into the discussion. And of course, the majority of this episode is going to be dedicated to this running back room that the Rams now have. And we mentioned the trade for Sony Michelle. This is a guy who used to be a starting running back in the NFL. I don't know if he is anymore, but we are talking about a guy with over 2,000 career rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, and an average of 4.3 yards per carry, as well as 60.3 rushing yards per game. So a guy that's been pretty productive, and of course, he did score that one touchdown against the Rams in the Super Bowl, has a Super Bowl ring, of course. So a guy that's been through a lot in the NFL, and now the question is, is he going to start over Daryl Henderson or is he simply a guy that's going to be here to take a little bit of the load off of Hendo's shoulders and allow these guys to sort of rotate in and out in terms of, I'm not really sure who's feeling it that day maybe, or maybe if the Rams want to go with someone who's a little bit more physical, they go with a Michelle versus someone who's a little bit more of a slasher and home run hitter, they might go with Hendo. It's going to be very interesting to see. I personally, like I said in the last segment, still think that Hendo is the most talented running back on this roster. And for me, the thing that it always comes back to is, let's give the best player the ball more often than not. You know, you want the best player with the ball in their hands. And I understand why the Rams may be a little bit skeptical when it comes to Hendo and the durability for the entirety of the season. Maybe you can't expect this guy to have 18 touches per game and last 17 games plus however many you get in the playoffs. I get that. It's definitely a concern, but Michelle has just as many concerns with the durability, if not more. I mean, Henderson's had some little issues here and there, a groin, now a thumb, some little stuff that you can sort of deal with and maybe suck up as a player, but Michelle's got some serious issues with those knees, and that's the kind of stuff that can really debilitate a player. So I'm not of the mind that you want to trot Michelle out there and give this guy, you know, 250 touches this year, which I don't think the Rams are planning on doing anyways. But I still think that it should be Hendo as the running back one. You want to mix in Michelle now a little bit as the running back two, whether that's an early down roll, maybe as a receiver, which he doesn't do that much. So you would presume that it's going to be much more as an early down rusher. Going to be weird to see what the Rams plan going forward. Now, I think at the end of the day, you could probably expect Henderson to maybe still get somewhere in the range of, 8 to 12 touches per game, and Michelle may be somewhere in that similar range, 8 to 10, I would say. And then if there's anyone left over, the Xavier Joneses, the Jake Funks, maybe 2 to 5 touches for those guys. I think it's going to be a running back by committee throughout the rest of the season, and it really depends on which side of the coin you fall on here. If you're a fantasy football player, you probably absolutely hate this news. You probably drafted Daryl Henderson a lot earlier than you feel comfortable with now, And he's probably not going to be that bell cow guy, which is just going to give you a bad value in terms of where you drafted him. But at the same time, if you're just a fan of the Rams, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, you probably feel decent about this because now mixing both Michelle and Henderson in together gives both guys a better chance to last the entire season. And 
There's not many running backs in the NFL that are Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry that are going to get 300 or 350 touches in a season. That just doesn't happen anymore. So I understand the move. Of course, I like the move because I think it makes a lot of sense to add a running back. Talked about that in yesterday's podcast episode, especially since K Makers went down. That still sucks. But I'm not 100% sure if Michelle would have been the guy that I would have added. You know, I was obviously a fan of Duke Johnson, like I mentioned many times. I think Duke Johnson is probably the better football player right now than Michelle is, and he's not going to cost you anything, just a salary amount, right? No actual draft picks or anything like that. But the Rams felt comfortable with Michelle, so they went with their guy. I still think he's not a guy that's really impressed me in the NFL. Like I said, I wasn't a huge fan coming out of Georgia either. And now the knee issues too, I think it just kind of makes for a bad situation. But we know that this guy is probably going to just be a one-year rental at the end of the day. And if that's the case, then it's not a big deal, right? This is not going to be your starting running back going into the next two, three, four seasons. He's just a guy that's going to be here right now. That's going to share the rock with Daryl Henderson, who I still think is the running back one here. And ultimately, the Rams are just trying to cover their bases for what might happen later this season. This is clearly a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and they do not want to have any glaring holes on their roster. And I can respect that because you look at Matthew Stafford. This is a guy who's had terrible running games throughout the course of pretty much his entire career in Detroit. They've never really had that great dominant ground game to help supplement what he's been able to do in the air and through the passing game. And now the Rams are in a bad situation where they maybe match that, right? And it's unfortunate because they shouldn't have. You have a talent like Cam Akers back there. This guy has the potential to be a top five running back in football. Like, I think he is that good. Of course, they no longer have him. And now they also have questions along the offensive line. Is the center, the new one, Brian Allen, is he going to suffice? Is the interior trio with the old guards and David Edwards and Austin Corbett are they going to work well with Brian Allen? Is there going to be any drop-off at tackle? So a lot of questions, I think, for this running game. And it's probably less projectable or less favorable going into the season than we thought maybe a few months ago. But that's kind of what happens when you lose players. And unfortunately for the Rams, they lost one of their best ones. But, you know, I still think at the end of the day, the Rams are still in a good position here offensively. I just think that they're a little bit too loose with their draft picks. And, you know, we can have this discussion a million times over. But at the end of the day... Since the C.J. Anderson experience, and this is a good tweet by Fabian Summer at S-U-U-M-A-810 on Twitter, he said, since the C.J. Anderson experience, the Rams have spent the following on running backs, a second, a third, a third, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. And that's maybe a little bit incorrect because he tweeted that earlier when we had a different idea in terms of what the Rams paid for this trade. But it's pretty much the same thing, right? There's not much of a difference. And he didn't even mention the $8.5 million that the Rams are paying Todd Gurley right now to not even play. Like, that's a lot of allotment to a running back position where you still have question marks. And I understand it's sort of out of their hand, of course, with Akers being out. If Akers is healthy, we're not really talking about anything here. But at the same time, that is so much. I mean, the Rams traded a third-round pick and another third-round pick to move up in a third round to go get Daryl Henderson. And now they don't even believe in this guy enough to be the running back. And now you go out and trade for Sony Michelle instead of signing, you know, Malcolm Brown or bringing someone else in like a Duke Johnson for free. A lot more investment there. And then you talk about paying Todd Gurley, which probably has been rehashed on this podcast 8 million times over. Terrible decision. And you're still paying for it right now. Todd Gurley is probably one of the top 12, top 15 paid running backs in football for this season. And he doesn't even have a job. 
The Rams are paying him that much money to not even play. So very confusing how the Rams keep going about this experience at running back in this position, especially like Fabian mentioned with that CJ Anderson experience. I mean, they replaced the guy a lot of people thought was the MVP that season and Todd Gurley, at least from Rams fans and Rams Nation, with a guy off the couch in CJ Anderson who had no practice for like 10 plus weeks and Anderson stepped right in and they skipped no beats whatsoever. I feel like the Rams should have been able to open their eyes at that point and realize not that the running back position is completely useless, but if you find the right fit, you don't have to pay big money or draft these guys very high or a lot as much resources as they have to this position, which probably is a little bit of a shame, but at the same time, they clearly want a stable of running backs. They want somebody who's dependable back there, and I can't knock them for that. They think that's Sony Michelle. They think he can pair well with Daryl Henderson. They think that that's going to help their passing game with play action and be a little bit more productive on the ground, of course. So at the end of the day, we'll see how the offense works out this season. We don't know. We're only going to know halfway through the season or at the end of the year if this was a good trade or not. But it is interesting that at least the Rams did make a decision finally at running back. And this is obviously not good for Jake Funk and Xavier Jones. I still think both guys do make this roster, but it's very clear that the Rams did not feel comfortable with either of these guys as the running back two going into this season. And I think that makes a lot of sense. We've talked about it. Neither of these guys have ever touched the football in a regular season game. And not only that, but they didn't look too great in the first two preseason games either. And I want to give that a little caveat. Obviously not exactly fair because they were playing behind a backup offensive line. Not going to look that great behind those guys, I understand. But at the same time, it just didn't look like these guys were ready to handle a huge workload in the event of an injury to Daryl Henderson. So And I feel like we could talk about this for just episodes on episodes, to be quite honest with you. There is a lot to unpack here, but we are going to finish it off here. And I want to spend the last segment diving into, will the Rams cut or trade punter Johnny Hecker? General manager Les Need hinted that there could be something coming, as well as Johnny Hecker dropping a hint on Twitter, which is a little bit surprising. But we're going to dive into that in the final segment. And of course, make sure to check back in for tomorrow's episode where we give you the final preview for the Rams' final preseason game going into preseason week three to take on the Denver Broncos on Saturday night. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now at BetOnline. You can go head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Make sure to take advantage of this because it will not be around forever. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this Thursday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. And we are now going to dive into the final segment where there is some potentially interesting news here. Okay, I mentioned that the Rams could be 
looking to trade or cut punter Johnny Hecker. Now, there is no 100% answer here. It's still up for debate, but according to Les Need and in one of his press conferences, he mentioned that the punter spot was still up for grabs. He was specifically asked about Johnny Hecker and if there's an actual battle going on at that position. And he said that they have not decided yet who's going to win that battle between Johnny Hecker and the guy that they recently signed in Corey Bohorquez. And Bohorquez did lead the league, I believe, in punting average last season. So clearly not a guy that's a schmuck or, you know, this is not a guy that we should just walk right over. He's clearly a good football player. And that makes things really interesting now because I went on Twitter and I seen Johnny Hecker tweet something just a few hours ago. And this is obviously the day prior when you guys are listening. He said, God is in control. And that is just freaky because at this point, it feels like there might be a good chance that the Rams do cut this guy or trade him. And of course, we know everyone that he's worked with is in Dallas right now. Coach Bones, his special teams coordinator, his long snapper in Jake McQuaid, and his kicker, Greg Zerline, all three guys, he spent five, six, ten plus years with these guys. All three of them are in Dallas, and Dallas does not have a good punter right now. Could he be on his way there? I think it makes way too much sense if the Rams do want to get rid of him, and I'm not really sure if they do, but they could save some money if they do cut or trade him. They will save $2.6 million on the cap this year, and they will eat $2.24 million in dead money. But I mean... If they think Bohorquez is the better punter right now and moving into next season and the next few seasons, it might be time to make that move. And I'm not really sure if it is. We know Johnny Hecker had the worst season of his career last year. Maybe he's finally on the downfall. I'm not so sure that's the case. I think it had a lot more to do with the special teams coordinator from last year, John Bonamigo, who is no longer the special teams coordinator. That is now Joe DiCamillis. But at the same time, the Rams might view this money and these savings as enough to move on. We're talking about a guy who is 31 years old and Bohorquez is a good punter in his own right. So if Bohorquez is the guy and the Rams feel like he is the guy moving forward, they might make this move. And I think you might have a chance to actually trade Johnny Hecker based off of how good this guy has been. I think you can make the case that I think if specialists start to get into that Hall of Fame discussion a little bit more often, or if the Hall of Fame committee does create a singular spot for special teamers to get in each year, we could be looking at a Hall of Fame punter in Johnny Hecker. Like this guy has been that good. He's been amazing for the better part of a decade now. So it's kind of crazy to me that the Rams might cut this guy, but at the same time, how would the Dallas Cowboys not approach the Rams here and look to facilitate a trade if the Rams are going to move on, right? I mentioned everyone that he's worked with for the better part of his entire career is in Dallas right now. You know Coach Bones absolutely loves this guy. And you know that Johnny is going to try to go to Dallas if things do not work out with the Rams here. So I think you could potentially trade him to the Cowboys. For what? I'm not 100% sure. Maybe a late round pick. One of those picks you could get back for that Sony Michelle trade or something like that. But at the same time, it would be sad to see this guy go because he's been with the Rams for such a long time. He obviously predates Sean McVay. He's been here for the better part of like 11 years nearly since 2012, since the Rams were in St. Louis. He's been through it all. I mean, this guy's played football with, I want to say Sam Bradford. Yeah, he must have still been with the team at the time. He's been through multiple quarterbacks, the Sean Hills, the Sam Bradford's, like I mentioned, the Case Keenum's, all these different guys. 
the Kellen Clemens even. I don't even remember that era. That was 2014. All these different dudes. He's seen so much. He's seen two different cities. He's seen the Rams absolutely suck. He's seen them obviously turn it around, go to a Super Bowl. He's been a huge part of what the Rams have done since 2012, and it would just really suck to see a guy like that go, especially after losing so many important, long-tenured players over the last few seasons. You look at Michael Brockers just a few months ago, another player that was with the Rams since 2012, Jake McQuaid, Greg Zerline, all these guys that we've mentioned, Roger Saffold. They've been the heart of the team for such a long time. They've been with the team through the ups and downs. It's sad to see those guys go, but that's the nature of the business at the end of the day. And it's going to be interesting to see which decision the Rams make here. I'm sure over the coming week or two, we will know if Johnny Hecker is going to be back with the Rams or not. Maybe even sooner. Of course, we're going to keep you guys updated with that and every other roster move and transaction that the Rams do make heading into this final preseason week as well as into the regular season. So make sure to tune in every single day here at the Locked on Rams podcast. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to give you our final preview for the final week of the preseason. And on Saturday slash Sunday, we will have a game recap up. So make sure to listen to that. And of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QBsMEP and at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.